Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lifehouse Church at the Cinema. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being on time. Thanks for being part of our Lifehouse family. We love seeing you in person. And thank you guys for joining us online. You are so welcome here as well. Thank you for being part of our community, particularly if you're new, if this is your first time or you haven't been coming too long, then uh, you are so welcome. Please, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. We have a QR code that'll take you straight to a link where you can get in touch with us. We would love to find out how we can be praying for you and supporting you. And uh, that's the, that goes the same for you guys. If you are new or exploring, we would love to get to know you and find out how we can be supporting you and praying for you. We're going to worship the Lord together this morning. Yes. You can sound excited about that. It's going to be good. I got a verse that I would like to read. This is, um, this is from the Old Testament. This is from Second Chronicles. Early in the morning, the army of Judah went out to the wilderness. This would be to pray and seek God. And on the way, the king, Jehoshaphat, stopped. And he said, listen to me, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his mighty splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. And at that very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. This is an example of how singing, praising God, and God moved, and he uh, destroyed their enemies, and they didn't even have to go to fight. And that is relevant to us as well, for praising God through all our circumstances. Sometimes we can feel like we need to address these challenges that we have, we've got to fight for ourselves, but really, we just need to praise God. And in Psalm 34, it says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glorify, I will glorify the Lord and let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So if I could invite you to stand and let us exalt his name together this morning. Give you our attention, all our affection. 
to lift up your own praise. Oh, you are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. Yeah. If it's difficult, just thank Him. Just thank Him today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you for who you are, for who you are, God. For who you are. Oh, we just thank you. We just thank Oh my. 
You've given us the authority. You've given us the 
champion, that he is the one that we can trust to go before us in all situations. My sense in the Lord this morning was that he wanted to speak specifically to us about situations where we have done what this song says, and you have not yet seen what you were hoping for. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, when, when, when you declare that you have authority. You have authority because of Jesus. You have authority to do what Jesus has ordained. You have authority to do what Jesus' will is in that situation. The authority is not ours to squander. The authority is not ours to name and claim. The authority is not ours to prescribe what a situation should be. The authority that Jesus has and that he says and encourages us to live in is the authority to take hold of his will, to take hold of his purposes, to take hold of his kingdom values and to pronounce those things into our situations. And so I, I just had a sense of the Holy Spirit saying, will you allow me to do a shift today? Will you allow me in your situation, would you lay down what you were prescribing for that situation? And will you instead, instead of doing for me, will you come and be with me? And then together, let us walk into the purposes that I have in that particular situation. And so I just, I feel like God is saying, would you engage with me right now? Because I do go before you. Because the battle is mine. Because there's not a single battle that I won't win. But I just feel like for us as a community, God is wanting us to give us a new perspective. He's wanting to give us new eyes and new understanding for circumstances that have not yet shifted. And He's going, even though things do not yet look like you you have hoped they would. Even though right now things may not yet look like I have promised they will. Will you allow me to give you my perspective in that? Because then when you pray and when you declare, things will be put into place. And so today I feel like it's a laying down and a lifting up. Today it's a surrendering and then walking in the fullness of what God has, not in our idea of what it is. For some of us, it's been a delay. 
And God says, take heart, I am with you, and my promises stand. For some of us, things have not come about the way we had hoped, because God is at work, but His plan may look different to us. And so it is, it's a It's a drawing near to an incredibly good father that we sang about. It's drawing near to the champion who goes before and has made a way in all things. It's drawing near to the one who has all authority. And it's laying our lives down to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, you come and lead in the situation and I will follow. I will get in step with you, Lord. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is drawing us into. We can do nothing without Him. It's His breath in our lungs. He is our everything. And so today, God is wanting to just release hope and faith here. And for those of us that are watching online, so come friends, let's rise up in the truth of what God is saying and let's take Him at His word and let's partner with Him now. And we will see His kingdom advance and we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is His promise to us. Amen? Amen. Wonderful.
about us or what we can do, but it is only about you, what you have done, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, as we were singing, that all that Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus has been given the authority. As we were singing, it's already His. And He empowers us to work through that authority, as Lee was saying. So thank you, Lord, that you love to be with us. Thank you for that. Just by singing and by declaring who you are, Lord, that chains are broken, that we can see miracles, we can see healings, we can see lives changed for the love of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. I got a couple of things I'd like to tell you before Greg comes to share the word with us. Um, welcome again. If you are new to Lifehouse, it's so great to have you with us. Um, if you are new in the last couple of months, we would love to invite you to a welcome lunch. We, I'm personally a big fan of the welcome lunch because I love food. Um, so date for your diary, mental note, October the 3rd, we're going to have a welcome lunch. So if you are 
If you're not sure if Lifehouse is your home church yet, if you've been new, become in the last couple of weeks, and you've maybe met a couple of people you'd like to get some more information on who we are, meet a few more people, find out about life groups and serving, then uh, we would love to have you at our Newcomers Lunch, October the 3rd. And uh, the second thing I'd like to tell you about is something else that I'm particularly excited about. Kids Ministry on a Sunday morning is going to start next week. So if you have kids, it's going to be a good one. And uh, yeah, that's going to be really great. Lynn and the team have been working super hard behind the scenes to make sure that we can do that well, that we can look after your kids well so that you can get the most that you can out of church. Uh, yes, yeah, so bring your kids next week. It's going to be really great. Um, both of those things, the kids' ministry and the newcomers' lunch, more information you can find about it on the weekly newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, make sure, make sure you sign up for that. That comes out on a Friday. That's got all the information that you need. It's very nicely laid out. I'm sure someone very beautiful sends it out. So uh, keep your eye on that. If you, don't, if you don't receive that, please let us know because it's got some really great information. And also on there, you will find about Alpha Course. The third thing that I'm excited about, I'm excited about all three of these things. Alpha starts two weeks today. That's it. Um, so if you don't know much about Alpha Course, I think we've got a video, Greg. Is that right? Okay, we're going to watch a video about the Alpha Course. We all have that person in our lives. That neighbor we pass by every day outside our homes. That coworker we see at the office five days a week. Or those friends we catch up with every once in a while. People we wish could know and experience the love of God. How do we share it? Where do we even start? Deep inside, we know that it'll cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. It takes time, vulnerability, sacrifice, the risk of rejection. But this is our call, to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. Spaces where people can truly be themselves and explore the deepest parts of life with people they know and trust. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Because when it's hard to find the moment or the words or the courage, you can simply invite. Alpha, who will you invite? So we've got two weeks to go. It's going to start Sunday afternoons in two weeks' time. So have a think about who you might like to invite to Alpha. It's going to be really great. Um, Greg. Let's welcome Greg as he comes to share the word. Let's show him some appreciation. 
Can I pray for you? Uh, Lord, we want to lift up Greg to you this morning. Thank you for his boldness in bringing us your word. May you give us ears to hear what you are saying to us through this man. And uh, may you embolden him to speak your truth and uh, to glorify you through his words. Thank you, Lord God, for being with us this morning. Amen. Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Great. Check, check. Wow. Uh, I'm just so honored to be here today. I just, I, I don't know about you, but I don't care about the stupid mask that I've got to wear in the midst of worship. I just absolutely love being together and being able to come together to worship the Lord. He's worthy. He's so worthy. He's so good. And he's at work in each and every one of our lives, taking us deeper into his heart and, uh, and um, showing us how good he really is. Uh, this morning, um, I, I want to talk to you about uh, little ones. The title of my message today is Lessons from Little Ones. I was, I was at uh, a coffee shop a couple of weeks ago, and... Um, and while I was there waiting for my friend to come, and I was looking out the window, just drinking my coffee, I saw this, this little kid in the stairwell of the adjacent building, just sitting there. And I was like, man, who, whose kid is this? Where are their parents? And I just see this kid just oblivious to whatever else is going on around in their own little world. No screens, no phone that they're playing on, just this stick. Just playing with this stick. And I, I was thinking to myself, man, what is going on in this kid's mind? I'd love, love to know what they're thinking. And I often think of that with our own kids. Like, what, what are they thinking right now? While I was sitting there, um, I was just reminded of this passage in, in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And we're going to look at it today. And we're going to stop and reflect on what Jesus has to say about little ones. And... Uh, and take some lessons from it for our own life as far as what life in the kingdom ought to look like. So in Mark 10, verses 13 to 16, it says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples... And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, he's placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. Prior to this story, do you want me to use a different mic? On the, on the front side. All right. Let's try that. See if that works better. Uh, prior to Jesus uh, being here, picking up kids and blessing them, he's out with his disciples and he's teaching about the kingdom. He's talking to the crowds, he's talking to the Pharisees, and now the disciples and Jesus have, have went back to somebody's house. They're in a house together, and they're discussing more about what Jesus has been teaching and debriefing on this latest lesson from Jesus. And in the midst of this, the crowds start 
lining up outside of this house with their kids. Okay, I can imagine this, this mom's group wanting to get out of the house, you know, this, this stroller date together, and they're over at, outside this house, and they're, they're jostling for position to get inside to get their kid to Jesus so that he could bless them. And in the midst of this, the disciples start rebuking these parents, or whoever it was that was, I'm assuming it was parents that were bringing their kids, start rebuking them. Uh, and, and before we, we jump to conclusions here and, and, and we start rebuking the rebukers, I want us to stop and, and, and just reflect for a moment. Um, because at this time, in this situation, the disciples' reaction to these parents bringing their children would have been normal, okay? Children at this time were unimportant. They, they were a nuisance. They were getting in the way, and especially right here, right now, and I can imagine these disciples, right? As, uh, if, I'm, if I'm honest, if I'm being real and honest with you this morning, as I'm sitting over here, you know, and kids are climbing everywhere, I'm like, dear Lord, I can't wait for kids' ministry next week. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Because as much as I love our kids and as much as, I, you know, I value them, I'm going, we're here to worship, right? <laughs> I, I, can, I can relate to these guys. And I can imagine the disciples, okay? They've seen some things already in walking with Jesus, all right? Like they, they've seen the demonized set free. They've seen crowds of people healed, They've seen storms calmed. They've seen food multiplied. You know, they've seen the the dead raised. A few of them have actually seen Moses and Elijah on the mountain. And Jesus transfigured before their very eyes. And they heard the audible voice of God saying, this is my son. Listen to him. This has already happened. They've already experienced all these incredible things. And now here they are. And these parents are getting in the way of things. Here, bless my kid. And I can imagine them going, okay, we've got other things. Come on, Jesus, let's go. Let's go. And yet in the midst of this, the Bible says that Jesus is indignant. He's indignant. He's angry. He's like, no, this is not right, what you're doing here, because actually this is the very reason that I came. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. I'm just reminded over and over again as I read through the Gospels that what God so often values and what we see Jesus going after is so much different than, than what I'm about. And what I, I value. I was reminded of this last week with James's message. It was just a, it was a, just a tear jerker, a heart arrester, right? As we're, we're hearing about this pastor, and she, if you haven't listened to the message, you got to listen to that message. This, this pa- I think it was a pastor in Chicago whose, whose parents are over in Afghanistan, and they're calling to tell him, you essentially say, hey, goodbye, we're probably not coming home. He's like, why, why would you not get on the flight? Why, why would you not... Go- should we play golf or should we do the work of the kingdom? You know, and, and just, man, it really, it really challenged me last week Sunday to again stop and go, what am I living for? Or, or, or more than that, who am I living for? 
And, and I don't know about you, but I know for me at times so often, the things that I value are comfort, convenience. As people, we often value performance. We value appearances. We value uh, approval. We value possessions. But here, what we see in this passage is once again, God bringing it back to the heart. Right back to the heart. Because what he values is you and me. What he values is connection with his kids. Jesus Christ is proof of that. The reason that Jesus came, he said, was to show us the Father, was to take on our sin, was to pay our punishment in full, to pay our debt so that we could be free, so that we could know God, and so that his kids could come home. This is what God values. And so as, as the disciples are going, get out of here. Come on, we got other things to do. Jesus is going, no, this is it. This is it. This is what I'm about. This is why I came. And this is something that we, we need to get a hold of. First John 3 I think I shared this before. First John 3, 1 and 2, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now, now we are children of God, and what we will be has, yet, uh, has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The Bible says we're children of God. That is who we are. And the more that we understand that and the more that we get a hold of how much God values us, the more that we will stop looking for that in all the wrong places and stop trying to take from the people around us something that only God can give. And instead of trying to find our value in stuff or in our appearance or our performance or in the approval of the people around us, we'll actually start to live as his kids and look to lead other people in, in understanding their value in him as we are valued. This is what God is about. His kids coming home. God values you and me and connection with us. In verse 14 uh, of Mark chapter 10, Jesus says to them, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What does it mean to receive the kingdom of God? Well, what does it mean to enter God's, God's kingdom? I, I know oftentimes in the past when I've, I've read this, I've, I've thought about going to heaven. But what, what we're talking about here, entering the kingdom or receiving God's kingdom, is not about going to heaven one day. It's about being in relationship with God, knowing God's lordship, his rule and reign in my life right here, right now. It's not a one day, it's a, it's a now. Eternal life doesn't start someday, it starts right here, right now. And Jesus says in John 17, 3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So when, we're talk, when Jesus is talking about entering the kingdom of God or receiving the kingdom of God, he's talking about that connection, that relationship with him. He's talking about knowing his, his rule and reign, his authority, like we sang earlier, in our lives, right? 
He says, how, how does someone enter the kingdom? How does someone receive of the kingdom? He says, it's like this, like a little child. Like a little child. So what's a little child like? I mean, oftentimes we think about things like, like a, a kid's curiosity, their innocence, their playfulness. We think about their simplicity, their uh, acceptance, their carefree attitude about life. But here in this passage, I think what Jesus is primarily talking about is helplessness, is utter dependency. Okay, notice here, he's not talking about like kids, like my, my kids. He's talking about little kids. These are little, my kids can walk. They're out of diapers, we're out of the strollers, they're all going to school this fall. It, we're at a new stage, but he's talking about little kids, you know, like sweet little Zariah, who's not all that little anymore either, because she can walk already. How about Isaiah? Isaiah. <laughs> right? Little kids... Because it says in the text here that people were bringing, they were bringing these kids to Jesus, and they were little kids, okay? What Jesus is talking about here in becoming like a child, if we're to receive the kingdom of God like a child, what he's talking about here is recognizing our helplessness and living out of a place of utter dependency on him. It's like he says in John 15, apart from me, you can actually do nothing, nothing. The passage that, that follows this uh, here in Mark chapter 10 is the story of the rich young ruler, another person who's talking about entering the kingdom. He's coming to Jesus for that very reason. He's going, Jesus, hey, good teacher, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus, what does the command say? He says, I've, I've done it all. I've done it all. And Jesus says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. And the Bible says that he went away sad because he had great wealth. He did not enter. Okay? Now the issue there was not like, oh, he's got great wealth and none of us are supposed to have great wealth and in order to be in the kingdom, we need to be, be poor and have nothing. The issue there was a matter of the heart, right? It's that Jesus knew that this guy had great wealth and his trust, his dependency was not in God, it was in his possessions. So Jesus is saying, get rid of it all. Trust me instead. If you and I are to live life, not, not just receive the kingdom, but live life in the kingdom, ultimately it's a trust issue. It comes down to trust. Am I willing to trust him with everything? And as we grow in the kingdom of God, as we mature as followers of Jesus Christ, Unlike my kids who are, are less and less dependent on me, actually, we become more and more dependent on him. The journey of the Christian life is one of, of growing in trust with God where, where daily we're surrendering, daily we're, we're learning to, to just, just depend on him for everything. It's like the story of Peter in John chapter 21. You know, as, as Jesus is preparing to ascend to heaven, uh, he's... He's meeting with his disciples. He's reinstating Peter. And, and at the end of this, in, in John 21, uh, he's talking to Peter about, Peter, do you, do you love me? Do you love me? And he says, yeah, I love you. Take care of my sheep. Feed my, feed my lambs. And that sort of thing. And here in the end of John 21, he says to Peter this, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, 
You used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said, follow me. All right? So Jesus says to Peter, when you were young, you dressed yourself. You went where you wanted to go. When you're old, somebody else is going to dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. What is that? It's a journey of trust. It's are you willing to trust me even to the point of, of, some, of, of me carrying you, of me taking you into places that you don't actually want to go? Right? Growing in faith, maturing in Christ, it, 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 it's us becoming more dependent on him. Becoming more like little children, right? Um, what does trust look like for us as disciples? Because I, I think that's the key. I don't know about you, but for me, as of late, I'm just like, God, there's more. There, there's more. I know that there's more that you want to do. There's more that you have in store for me. There's more that I want to, I, I want to know of you. There's, there's more that I want, to, I want to see you do in my life and the lives of the people around me. There's more. How do we get to the more? I think it comes down to this, trust. I think a lot of times when we think about the more, we think about like, <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't know, more, more opportunity, more, more stuff, more influence, more whatever. But I'm reminded even here of just with Peter that a lot of times the more is, is not comfortable at all. It's not even what we want. But it's learning to, to trust him. And trust is key to the more. So what does it look like for you and I to trust him more? I think a number of things, I just want to highlight three of them for us really quickly today, practical things that we can do if we're to live like children and grow in trust uh, in God. Uh, number one is uh, a joyful, I call it a joyful carelessness, a joyful carelessness. Uh, I was emailing Kirill, Kirill yesterday, the, the uh, text for today, and uh, one of the texts, he's like, that's on my backpack. And it's uh, Psalm 28, verse 7. And it says this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. All right? It says, my heart trusts in him. The word trust there is the Hebrew word batach. And I, I know it sounds like Klingon, but it's actually Hebrew. And what it means, what it's often translated as is trust, uh, confidence, a feeling safe and secure, but it can also be translated as carelessness, to be careless. What does it mean to be careless? It doesn't mean that you know, we're, 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 we're loose or we're not concerned about the things of the people around us or, or what we're doing, it means that we're carefree. We're without a care. And when you're carefree, it's evidence of the fact that there's trust there. There's trust. I've said this before. If you look at your life and there's areas of your life right now where you don't have peace, where you're not living in joy, chances are there's a trust issue. 
There's an area of your life where God's going, hey, would you trust me with this? There's some wrong belief that we're living with that, that God's going, would you, would you hold on to my truth so that you could walk in my peace and my joy? Joy is evidence of our trust in God. It's evidence of life in the kingdom. Paul says in Romans uh, 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If I'm living in trust with God and I'm living life in the kingdom, what should be manifesting in my life is the peace and joy of Jesus Christ. Amen? Joyful carelessness. Before we move on, I just want to take a moment, and in your heart, would you turn to the Lord and just ask him, God, is there an area where I've been living with, with fear or anxiety, burdens or cares, where you're actually wanting me to surrender that and trust you right now? Let's just take a moment to listen. And as God speaks to you, I just want to encourage you to, to say, Lord, I trust you in this. God, is there something that I can believe other than what I'm be believing about the circumstance? Like Lee was sharing earlier, I, God wants to, to, to inject hope and faith into areas where we've been waiting, into places where we've just sort of settled and we felt like, oh, this is just the way it's going to be. This is kind of normal. No, you know what's normal? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit as we learn to trust him. Secondly, so joyful carelessness, what does trust look like in the kingdom? It looks like daily surrender, daily surrender. As I said before, the Christian life is a journey of learning to trust God more. Where the way we enter into God's kingdom, the way that, that, we, that we receive of eternal life is through trusting him, through trusting him. But that's not a one-time thing where we go, yeah, I trust you, and then we go about living our life however we want. It's a daily journey. It's a relationship where we grow in trust and we commune with him. And daily, as he speaks to us, he says, hey, I want you to, to, to do this, or I want you to go there, or I want you to give that, or I want you to let go of this. We go, okay, right? It's taking up our cross daily and following him, as Jesus says. I, you know, I think about my own kids and how, um, I, you know, I'm a, some of my kids like to pretend that they can fly and like they're superheroes and so I love just taking them and just like throwing them in the air, right? Just like really high. Uh, some of my kids have been more trusting than, than others of my kids. Some of them are, are, are like, yeah, go for it. You, we, got, we got this. And they're just, you know, all up there. Others, there's a little, little, bit, of, a little bit of concern. Like, dad, do you actually have this? Are you going to catch me? You know, and so sometimes they'll hold on as I'm throwing them up. And that never makes for a good throw. And it always makes for like a, oh my goodness, am I going to drop you? Let go. Let go. God's calling us to let go. And the more that we let go, the more that we surrender to him, the more that, that, that he, can, he can move and work within our, our, our life. And he can use us to do whatever he wants you know, he's got amazing plans in store for each and every single one of our lives. He has something for you and for me that is, that is unique. There's a, a reason why he made you for right here, right now, where he put you in this place and he, he 
Put the people around you because God has a plan for you. The way that we walk in that war, in God's plan, in his purposes for our life, is by letting go. Is by allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us. Allowing the Holy Spirit to blow us and move us wherever he wants us to go. I might not even understand that. I might not even be on board with that initially. But it's ultimately for my good and for his glory. Daily surrender. The third thing... Uh, amongst other things that we could talk about today that I want to encourage us with is just speedy obedience. Speedy obedience. Be, be speedy in your obedience. I, I, tend to, I tend to need to learn to, how, to slow down. I need to learn to rest. I need to learn to enjoy life, enjoy the moments and not like speed up. But I was encouraged this week as I was reading through the word in my devotions and I came across the story of Zacchaeus. I don't know if there's other places where God encourages people to hurry, but I was struck by the fact that God encourages Zacchaeus to hurry. He's walking through, through Jericho, and he sees Zacchaeus up in the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down. I'm going to your house today. Right? Hurry up. And the Bible says, so Zacchaeus hurried down, and he went with Jesus to his house. There's a place for hurrying when it comes to obedience to God. Are you with me? This is something that we've we've said to our kids over the years. Delayed obedience is disobedience, right? When God speaks to us, if we actually believe that it's God speaking, if we're really going to trust him at his word, not just be hearers of the word, but, but, but actually doers, I will do it, and I will do it quickly, I was reminded of this during, during the week, this, this past week, as Lee got up last week and she shared about favor for people starting businesses and people that are looking for jobs. And I was telling Lee during the week that that, that Sunday, as I'm worshiping, I'm like, this is amazing, God, you're so good. But in the midst of it, I'm going, yeah, I'm trying to start this business and I'm not doing a good job of it. And then she gets up and she's, she's talking about favor for business. I'm like, wow, this is totally the Lord. In the middle of the week, I'm going, hold on, I've got a lot of things to do and, you know, this and that. And I, I don't really have time to do this business stuff again. But I'm like, wait, if I actually believe that that's a word from the Lord, then there is favor for me to walk in this and to do something with it right here, right now. Right? Like if I believe, if you were here last week and you're going, yeah, pray for me, right? Favor for me. I need favor. If you're trusting God and that that's a word from God, then the next thing is for you to get out of here and walk it out. It's for you to obey it, right? If you're, if you're going, wow, I need a job. Pray for me to get a job. But you're not actually from here putting your resume together and putting out your resume and looking for jobs you actually believe that it's a word from God, right? Evidence of our, our faith and trust in God is obedience to his word. And so I just want to, I, I want to close this morning uh, with this. I just really have the sense that, as I said before, for each and every one of us, there is more that God has in store for us. There's so much more that he has in store for us as a church, you know? And we don't want uh, to get lost in, like, trying to, trying to figure out the specifics of it, like it's going to be this or that, and, and then 
get disappointed because it's not actually what God is, God is wanting to do. But, but we, we want to live out of a place of expectancy. We want to live out of a place of, of faith. We want to, I don't know about you, but I want to step into that more. In my life, and, and for us as a church, man, I love Lifehouse, and I, I just want so many more people to come and experience God and experience this awesome community. Yeah, I want this to go out from here, throughout, you know, the, the GTA and around the world, that we would carry the gospel and we would make disciples as Lifehouse Church. I want to see the more. And lately I've been asking, okay, so what does that look like? How do we go after the more? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's not this. It's not us doing more. It's not us trying harder. It's not us looking at the things that we're doing and just going, oh, if I could just be better at this. I just got to do better at this thing. Then I'll really get a hold of the more that God has for me. It's not. Really, what it starts with and what it comes down to is this, trust. Dependency. Laying down our lives with everything. And as we, as we trust God, as we become like little children, and we live out of that place of connection with Him, guys, He can use us to do anything. That's why Jesus, greater works than these will you do because I'm going to the Father. And I'm sending my Holy Spirit, and He's in you. And the more that you rely on and surrender to and trust in the work of my Holy Spirit in your life, the more that you're going to see my kingdom manifest in your life and in the lives of the people around you. Let's just take a moment to pray, uh, and then I'm going to invite Adam to come back up again. Uh, let's just ask God, as we did with, with, with if he's got a care that he wants to relieve us of and an area where he wants us to trust him, let's ask him, is there something that you want me to surrender to you? Is there an area of my life where you've been speaking to me and I've been hesitant to obey? Let's just take a moment to reflect and, and ask God to speak to us that this morning as we leave this place, we could put the gospel of Jesus Christ on our feet and we could walk it out as his disciples, as hearers and doers of his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit work in our lives. Thank you for your leading. Thank you for your love for each one of us. Thank you for how you value us. You say, how much more value are you than the birds? Look at, look at the lilies of the field. How much more do I care for you than these? You value us, and you are willing to give it all giving up your only son in our behalf. God, we're hungry. At least I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. And I pray that every single person here is also hungry for you. You'd stir desire within us to not settle, to not live a normal, cushy life, but to be radical followers of you, Jesus. To not be lukewarm, but to be red hot burning with your love. Father, I ask for each one of us that you'd speak to us even now. God, is there an area of your life where we, we need to become like, like little children? Where we've tried to control things or we've held on to things where you're going, give it up. 
surrender. Father, would you show us if there's a place where where we've been hesitant to obey, where you're calling us to step out, even though it's uncomfortable, even though there may be some uncertainty or some unknown there. And as you you speak to us, oh God, I thank you that your love is driving out fears of all kind. Your love is covering over it all. Say, "You're, you're my kids, you're my kids, come home. Come home. Live in my love. Live in my love. Live in connection with me. Live in my joy. Live in my freedom. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us to abide, to remain in your love. Thank you that you have more in store, and I thank you for the grace to lay it all down, to surrender it all, to say once again, I'm not here for me, I'm here for you. This isn't about me and my life, this is about you. And I love you, Jesus, because you love me. So I trust you. I trust you with it all. there's time for this, Josh, but maybe you could just lead us in a, in a, a song for a moment of over, over, okay, so that's a no. So I'm going to invite Adam up. God bless you. I don't know about you, but that one got me as well. Lord, may may I be someone who has that childlike trust. I really want to say amen to what you just prayed there, Greg, for me personally and uh, and on behalf of, of everyone else here as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this morning, everyone. I hope you were encouraged by coming out today. I hope you felt empowered with the authority of Jesus as we worshiped and I hope you felt inspired and convicted by what Greg was saying about trusting in God (coughs) we are a little bit over time so I want to encourage you to leave quickly but also to uh, we want to do community well We're, we're our family so please stay and hang out but just do that outside um cause uh because we love being with each other, but we also want to be respectful to the cinema for letting us have their room. And uh, don't forget Alpha. Invite your friends. Two weeks to go. Thanks so much for coming out. You are loved and you are blessed. And welcome to Nadine's parents as well. It's great to have you guys with us. Have a great week, everyone.